you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, see any hardship, support any friend, You have found the 22 November Network, the voice of the grassroots JFK research community. This is the Lone Gunman Podcast with your host, your boy, Rob Clark. People, my people, what is up? Welcome to the Lone Gummin Podcast, episode number twenty um, seven. Maybe I don't know. I'm starting to lose track. That's bad. Oh, well, it's episode twenty something, and you are listening to one of the greatest hair metal bands of the '80s, Bon Jovi. With living on a prayer, because this week, people, we are going to be talking about the prayer man. And for those of you unfamiliar with the prayer man, you might be saying to yourself, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I'll get into it and I'll explain it, I promise. But anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is your boy, Rob Clark, Oops, and the Lone Gummin Podcast, thanking you for coming to listen again. Uh, first and foremost, this episode goes out to Mr. Johnny Case, who requested we get into Prayer Man. What's up, Johnny? I love your name. Even if it's not your real name, it's a cool, kick-ass name. Johnny Case. That's right. Um, let me reiterate something. September has started. We're five days in now. You have less than three weeks, if you have not already, to get your stuff organized, to get together, to get your butt somehow, some way to Alexandria, Virginia at the end of the month. 
for the 26th, 27th, and 28th. I'm going to be at the Old Town Alexandria Crown Plaza Hotel um, for the Warren Commission Conference, 50 years later, a critical look put on by the JFK Historical Group and Dr. David Denton, uh, who's going to have such amazing speakers as Bill Simpich, Doug Horn, um, Peter Janney, Phil Nelson, Ed Tatro, and Judy Baker, a late edition Ed Haslam, our very own Gail Nix Jackson, and many, 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 many others. Uh, to get the full list and to, and to get the information on how to get your tickets, uh, you know, you don't have to buy them in advance. You can just show up at the door and get them. Uh, if you want to make reservations, stay at the hotel, call and do that. Um, we cannot wait to to see everyone there and, and become a part of this thing. And we talked to, me and Doug talked to uh, Dr. Denton last night, and we're even more pumped up about it now. So, please, if you have not already, make your plans, okay? Take 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 the Friday off, make it a long weekend, come to D.C., plane, train, automobile, however you can get there, on a donkey, it doesn't matter. You need to be there. This is the only JFK conference well, one of the two. Only one's going on this year. So, that matter. So, get there at the end of the month. Okay? And we got all the information on 22 November Network. <clears throat> Find the post, you know, about the conference and all the information you need will be there. Or you can go to changehistjfk.blogspot.com. That's change, H-I-S-T, jfk.blogspot.com for more information alright prayer man oh lordy 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 I've been over my head with medical evidence the past couple weeks and I'm about to get in over my head again with prayer man uh, for those not familiar with prayer man uh, he was discovered by well Sean Murphy mainly um, I don't know if anybody did before him, but he's brought it back to the forefront of discussion. Um, almost as an antithesis to the, the whole Oswald and the Doorway crew. This is a different Oswald in the Doorway, okay? For those of you who don't know, um, he can be seen in, in uh, clips from the uh, Darnell film and the, uh, the Couch film. I believe it is. It's either the Couch or the Wigman. I'm not sure. Um, but it's it's a very small glimpse. I mean, you you, know, you got to freeze the film and, and screenshot it. And if you go back to the blog, uh, 22 November, I'm going to post up a bunch of pictures of Prayer Man. And uh, so you can see with your own eyes who it is if you don't know already. Or if you'd just like to take another look. Uh, it's always good to, to uh, refresh your memory, so to speak. And when I first heard about prayer, man, I said, oh, God, here we go again. I said, what are you doing, Harry? Um, you know, because it had been, you know, with the whole Oswald in the doorway thing, it, it's it's one thing to blatantly disprove something that is visually speaks for itself. The photo of Alton 6, it's clearly Billy Love Lady in the doorway. It's clearly him. Now, if you want to make it Lee Oswald, then you got to prove photo alteration. You have to prove that he was actually in the doorway with 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 
uh, other testimony or other photos, which there is none to do that with. Um, you know, you have to prove how they altered the photo. You know, you have to prove where Billy Lovely was if that wasn't him. You know, all the evidence we have, you know, adds up to it being Billy Lovely in the doorway. Unless you're one of the OIC crowd and you believe in all this, you know, fantastic magical cartoons and, and everything else Ralph K likes to talk about. But Prayer Man is different. Okay? Now, when I first heard about Prayer Man, of course I went and checked it out. I did not, it did not blow me away on the face. Okay, it didn't blow me away on the surface because while you could clearly see a figure there, and you can clearly see that the figure is wearing a long sleeve, dark colored shirt, um, which would apply to both Oswald and Lovelady, if if you believe Oswald was wearing the arrest shirt in the doorway. And even if he wasn't, there's there's more than enough evidence to prove that he was wearing a tan or khaki colored uh, shirt over his white t-shirt you know when he wasn't working that day you know he probably took it off and hung it up somewhere and while he was working he worked in a white t-shirt alone now in one of the clips from from the from the little the little movie that these stills are from it, it we can see what appears to be Marion Baker running into the Texas School Book Depository now, to do so, he would have had to run right past Prayer Man. Okay, so if Marion Baker runs past Prayer Man, and Prayer Man is Oswald, okay, as they allege, then we've got a serious problem, because then we do not have a second-floor lunchroom encounter, which means Truly and Baker are lying about that. We also have everybody else out on the stairway, or out in the uh, the doorway, uh, not being honest and saying that Lee Oswald was out there with them. Um, so it comes down to where you have to go back, and 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 there is reason to believe that that maybe the lunchroom encounter didn't didn't happen as we might have thought that it did. You know, when you go back to look at Marion Baker's very first affidavit that he wrote that day. Because his story does change. If you go back and reread his very first one, okay, there is no second room lunch or second floor lunchroom encounter with the Coke and all that happiness. The only thing he speaks of is encountering a man in a, I don't know if it was a tan or a brown sport jacket on, on, a, on about the, was it fourth or fifth floor, whom truly vouched for as the man worked there and of course that story evolved later in his second affidavit and his subsequent Warren Commission testimony that no 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 he was mistaken you know it was the the heat of the moment it was actually this confrontation occurred on the second floor and he had pulled his gun and asked if the, if the man worked here the guy didn't say anything and truly said, yes, I vouch for him. He works here. And they continued on up the stairs. Now, I also went back and I reread Bill Shelley and Billy Lovelady's Warren Commission testimony and their first day affidavits. Now, 
What's interesting about that is they tell a different story in their Warren Commission testimony as opposed to their first day affidavits. The whole story that they tell in the Warren Commission, uh, both of them tell it, that they, after the shots, you know, they, they had stood around. Both of them, both of them actually say approximately three to four minutes after the shots, okay, is when they decided to, or when, I guess it was Gloria Calvary came up and told him the president had been shot, you know, whatever, whatever. And it, he said that they went out to the little island and they were looking around and they decided to go up the, the dead end part of Elm Street towards the, towards the railroad tracks. And uh, both of them say they went up there probably about 100 yards away and then were turned away uh, by the police and told to go back to, to work or you know to go back to the building or whatever. And then they state that they came in back in through the side door on the west side there and, uh, you know, proceeded to take up their post. I think Bill Shelley by the elevator or the back door and lovely or love lady by the back door, Bill Shelley by the elevator. You know, he was told not to let anybody off the elevator. Uh, but now the first day, uh, affidavits, the very first ones they did, Bill Shelley claims that, you know, after the shots, he went back inside the building to call his wife to let her know what had happened. And Billy Lovelady also states that he went back inside. You know, there's no, there's no mention of them, of their little trek together down towards the railroad tracks. And in one of the films, it's been asserted that, that you can actually see Bill Shelley and Lovelady walking down the street. Um, but... It doesn't jive with what Lovelady was wearing that day because the person in question seems to have on a short sleeve shirt and we don't we never see their faces and they end up separating about you know halfway down and one of them takes off running and, and separating from the other one and even either one of them st always stated that they were together the whole time that they never one never ran off ahead of the other one so we go back to square one. Once again, the school book depository does not want to give up the ghost. You know, it's it's one thing after another with this place. It's it's nothing matches the official story. You know, nothing jives with the official story. Was you know, I've even seen where they they've done analysis of all male employees of the Texas School Book Depository, white males, and and where they were at at this time, and who was unaccounted for and who wasn't. And <clears throat> they seem to narrow it down that, you know, Oswald is the only one unaccounted for in, in, in pictures or where he was supposed to be at this exact time. The problem I have with that is I've also ran into um, a problem identifying Bill Shelley in, in the pictures because it's been asserted that, you know, the only, one of the only clear pictures we have of Bill Shelley that day, supposed picture of Bill Shelley that day is when him and I think it's Danny Arce and Bonnie Ray Williams are, are being, are being led to a police car 
and I, I'm assuming taken down to the police station. And the cop accidentally sticks the shotgun in his face, and he's kind of rearing back and, and kind of like, whoa, you know, watch that damn thing. But, uh, you know, that's who everybody pretty much agrees was Bill Shelley. But there's some people that say that, well, no, there's no proof that that's Bill Shelley. You know, because we don't know exactly what he looked like. Because there's a dog show picture out there of, of Roy Truly and, and Bill Shelley where they have their, their respective dogs. I guess it was taken at a dog show. And that Bill Shelley doesn't look like the Bill Shelley, you know, getting in the cop car. You know, he's kind of got his suit on and he's walking laid back. Because people said, well... You know, if he was supervising these workers, you know, he wouldn't have really wore a suit like that, per se. You know, especially when they're doing manual labor like that. You know, replacing the floor. You know, but who, who knows? Because, you know, truly, you know, he was wearing a suit and tie and a hat. And, you know, Shelley being a manager of the miscellaneous department, whatever the hell that is, you know, could have been, could have had a suit on as well. And I always thought looking at the auction six photo that it was bill shelley uh, standing behind love lady you know you see the, the what they call black tie man back there and uh, you know just matching that to the pictures that we thought was bill shelley getting in the police car but it's hard to make a definitive match because nobody asked bill shelley what he was wearing that day and we don't have a clear definitive authoritative picture of Bill Shelley from that day um, so it's a little hard to match now what if Bill Shelley was wearing a you know just regular regular guy clothes like his workers you know we don't know you know the, the prayer man could be Bill Shelley standing up in there we don't know now in some instances and I think it's from the wigman or the couch but from the angle that I see, and you can see all these pictures up on the website. I'm going to post them all. Um, it, I don't see Love Lady. Okay, you can, you can see Frazier playing his day because he's a big, tall lunk, and he, he pretty much stood in the same spot, you know, forever and didn't move. But so he's, he's very identifiable in the photo, but I don't see Love Lady. And Prayer Man shirt and build kind of resembles Love Lady. You know, of course, Oswald, or Love Lady resembled Oswald. So some people say. And I'm not utterly convinced that Prayer Man wasn't Billy Love Lady. Because I, I don't see the two together in, in, in the photo. You know, so Prayer Man in my opinion, could have been Bill Shelley. It could have been Billy Lovelady, you know, stepping back, doing whatever he's doing. Because you got to remember, most of these guys out there, excuse me, this was lunchtime. So a lot of these guys out there, you know, were eating their sandwiches. They had sodas or a drink, um, you know. So... And you got to think, you know, they, they probably, you know, if they had trash, they would have went in, thrown it away, or maybe there was a trash can up there, 
you know, but I have a picture of the doorway with a soda bottle and approximately the position where prayer man was seated or standing. And of course he's called prayer man for, because he has his hands in front of him, but you know, he could have been getting ready to take a drink. Okay. From a, uh, Coke bottle. And like I said, I've got a picture of the Coke bottle sitting in the exact spot where prayer man was filmed. Now could love lady or, or Shelly have a soda out there? It's possible, but we don't know for sure. That's the thing about prayer man. We're never going to know for sure. Okay. We're, we're just not because he's not, it's, there's no definitive, you know, identification that can be made because the image itself is just too blurry. There's, it's too featureless, you know, to make, to say, oh, this guy, I mean, and, you know, on one hand, you know, I slam the, the Oswald Innocence campaign for wanting to make it so easy, you know, for this to be Oswald. And the prayer man people are no different, okay? You know, sure, it would be great if it was Oswald. It would prove his innocence and everything, but it's just not going to be that easy. Either way, door, doorway man or prayer man, it's just not going to be that easy. And, you know, that's what every researcher dreams, is to be the guy who cracks the case wide open and... uh you know, I'm not going to fault anybody. Now, I'll fault the Oswald Innocence campaign for just, you know, dredging up some crap with no proof and then and then being dicks to everybody about it. But people trying to do legitimate research the right way, I'm not going to slam them. Because the people looking into prayer, man, they do. They, they have broken this down, you know, to, to every possible... You know scenario you know even to the fact that the interior of the texas school book depository was altered you know to try to disprove this lunchroom theory you know so we don't have you know the whole truly and baker thing happening so so oswald is not up on the second floor you know he can be out front okay but you know, you run into a little bit of the same evidence being used, like, well, Fritz's note says he was out front. Well, no, they don't. You know, it's just a nebulous statement, you know, written down in no particular order with, we don't know the question that was asked um, or who they were referring to. And, and, you know, getting back into the whole nebulous spider web of the Texas School Book Depository, you know, if looking at the scenario of if these guys were, you know, in on helping A, the assassins escape, or B, framing Oswald with, you know, this uh, rifle and, and the shells and the supposed package and all this stuff, you know, there would have been you know, a good bit of them guys, you know, playing a part in this. And so we really can't take any of the, anything they say or any other testimony at face value because it pretty much all contradicts each other. You know, even when you compare it to things like Vicki Adams' testimony, you know, it, 
everything gets just crazy, you know what I mean, when you're trying to figure this stuff out. And one other thing is, of course, the mysterious Jack Doherty, okay, who, his whereabouts are very nebulous that day. You know, he says he was on the fifth floor, but we got the uh, three black guys up on the fifth floor say they don't see him. We got Jack Doherty up there saying he didn't see them. You know, he's gallivanting all through the Texas School Book Depository. And he was mainly the elevator operator and the, uh, the janitor type guy. You know, he would come in the morning, first, first one there, he would open the building up, make sure the pipes weren't leaking, you know, walk around, make sure the heat was on or... Or make sure, you know, the air was flowing or, you know, just make sure nothing was wrong. And, uh, you know, he would also work the, uh, the elevators and stuff for people. And we don't know what the hell Jack Doherty looked like. We don't even know if he was white or black. You know, one thing the Warren Commission could have done for all of us and it would have made everything so much easier is that when they interviewed all the people is they should have had them photographed at the time they gave their testimony that would have made things so much easier we would have been able to put a face to you know mrs geraldine reed or or uh, you know bill shelley jack doherty it would have made things so much easier you know and, and have them say what they were wearing that day, that would have been even better, okay? But, uh, you know, there's some nebulous stories out there about Jack Doherty being a half a retard, uh, you know, being a high school football player, being tall with blonde hair, you know, or being a short older man. It's, you know, it's just we don't know for sure, <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I know he was still under the care of his parents or living with his parents, but he, he was, I guess he was in his 30s or 40s at the time. And, you know, Prayer Man could have easily been, been Jack Doherty. Now, then comes the idea, well, you know, maybe Oswald stepped out just for a minute after the shots were fired and was and was seeing all the excitement like he said he was seeing and then he went back in the building up the front stairway while Marion Baker and Truly are trying to get the elevator and he makes it up he goes up and to the second floor lunchroom from that side from the front steps as Truly and uh, Baker are waiting for the elevator it doesn't come then they say alright screw it let's take, take the, take the uh, stairway back stairway and they would have encountered Oswald that way now that scenario is a little more plausible okay because I don't think Oswald was standing out there in that doorway the whole time watching the president get shot or as he went by I just don't I don't buy that for a second I don't think I don't think I mean people would have noticed him out there first of all um, he would have been visible, you know, people would have been talking amongst themselves, turning around, seeing who's behind them, 
you know, if somebody were to come out the door, they would turn around just to look to see who it was or, or make room for them to, to, to go down the stairs, to exit the building, you know, things like that. Because there were several people standing on those stairs, you know, and if somebody were to come out of the building and want to get down, they would have had to, you know, make a little path. People would have seen him out there, but, you know, make the caveat. After the president is shot, okay, chaos ensues. People think it's firecrackers. People start running. You know, people start yelling, saying, oh, the president's been shot. You know, it's pure mayhem and chaos out there now, okay? And, and everybody's trying to figure out what the hell just happened. So, say for a second, all right, Oswald got his change, okay? And the story from Robert Groden is true about this lady, whoever she is, you know, and of course there's problems with if it was Geraldine Reed or not, but whoever this person was that, that stated to him that they gave, they were giving Oswald change at the time of the shots. Okay. He gets his change at the time of the shots. Okay. He's walking back. He walks outside just for a second because, you know, the doors are right there. He can see people you know, running and screaming, probably hooping and hollering. And he probably heard the shots. So maybe his curiosity got the best of him. And he stepped outside for a second, unnoticed. Okay, because at this time, everybody's focused on something else. They're either focused on what just happened. They're talking to other people. They're looking. They're trying to take everything in. They're, they're trying to figure out if they want to go to where they think things happened or they're crying or they're in disbelief dismay uh, you know they're because a lot of people headed headed for the knoll that's where a lot of people were going you know and then i'm sure there's a lot of people that just stood there and didn't know what to do you know so say for a second oswald got his change to go up you know to get a soda he was on his way back to the front staircase and he looks out the window because there's you know there's glass doors and sees all hell breaking loose out there well sure that would spark anybody's interest be like you know what the hell so maybe he stepped out for a second and you know he's, he's out there maybe maybe that thing in, in his hand is not a soda bottle at all okay maybe it's his sandwich maybe he's raising his hands to take a bite of his cheese sandwich or his apple that he was having for lunch um maybe he, he was just had his hands in an awkward caught in an awkward position it's it, you know on film who knows but say he stepped out for a second unnoticed in all the chaos and he was like and he, he probably overheard something about the president being shot and people were running around and he was like oh okay you know whatever so he went back inside, you know, he saw the cop running into the building. Now, this would surely would have piqued his interest with Mr. Truly on his tail, okay? So, Oswald would have went back in the building. He went up to the second floor using the front staircase to get his soda. He's in there getting his soda. And lo and behold, he turns around and this, this officer has a gun in his belly. Truly says, no, that's, that's, he works here. He's fine. I'll vouch for him. And about that time, all right, Oswald is like, all right, this is uh, getting a little too crazy now. It's time for me to get the hell out of here. So he goes back downstairs where he overhears, you know, Bill Shelley talking to some other people. 
you know, possibly saying, you know, not that, you know, we're not going to work the rest of the day. Now, you know, the police are in here and everything. It's that's it. So Oswald, you know, grabs his uh, overshirt, puts it on, slips out the door, front door, according to Buell Frazier. Okay. Now, the first time I'd heard Buell Frazier speak about Oswald leaving the Texas School Book Depository was uh, last year he did an interview with the Sixth Floor Museum, and it's on YouTube, and I'll post a link to that too up so you can see it and uh, listen to it because there's a lot of good information in there if you believe what Buell Frazier is saying, which I have problems with. But according to him, he stood out on those stairs for a while, like dumbfounded, like he didn't know what to do. Um, and according to him, he saw Oswald leave the building, out the front door, down the steps, to the left, head across Houston to Main Street and up Main, and then he lost sight of him. But he said he watched him the whole way until he lost sight of him. Now, that scenario is much more plausible to me. Now, I'm not sure about the whole, I got problems with the bus ride and I got problems with the taxi ride. You know, so, and I got problems with Buell Frazier. So can he be, be believed? You know, well, I don't know because this is the first time that I've heard him say that. You know, he wasn't saying it 50 years ago that he watched Oswald leave the building, which I think would be pertinent information, you know, that needed to be known. But that's just me. Um, which takes us into, of course, the Roger Craig thing. Um, you know, that he saw somebody that he could swore was Oswald coming from like the backside of the building down the, down the grassy hill and into a waiting car, which makes a little more sense to me. Okay. Because like I stated before, when, you know, the timing of, of everything from, from the shooting to Oswald leaving the building to him catching a bus, to him catching a cab, to him getting home, to him changing clothes, to him leaving, to him standing on the street, being seen by Erling Roberts, like supposedly like he's waiting for a bus, and then making it to the tip of shooting by 105 is very, very hard to believe. Okay. Now, if if Oswald was the one that did shoot Tippett, then he would have needed to get home before that. You know, he would have been, you know, leaving the building in this white station wagon with the luggage rack and you know dropped off probably down the street from his house or you know somewhere relatively close to it where he could have been a short walk you know for him to go back to his rooming house get what he needed change his clothes and you know proceed proceed out um i'm not sure where the plans went awry because, you know, of course, we have uh, a cop car at 1026 North Beckley, Erlene Roberts' rooming house, which she states, while Lee is changing clothes, honks twice. And she looks out the window, sees a cop car, and, and the first time that she mentions it, she said it was number 201 or 210, something, something like that. And this matches um, the car that, that, that Gerald Hill had that day now 
why that's important is there were people if you go back to the school book depository there's people that saw well Gerald Hill and the, the assistant uh, DA Bill Alexander were together that day and, and, and they were one of the first ones to get up in the school book depository they were uh, but they left very quickly um, quick enough to make it over to, to North Beckley possibly quick enough to be the other cop car in the alley as picket as tippet is shot possibly you know there's a uh, it just gets into a lot of craziness from here on out now back to prayer man Whew. sorry prayer man so we can eliminate certain people who it wasn't we can we can narrow it down to, to possibly certain people who it was. Could it have been somebody that didn't even work there? It's possible. You know, I'm sure people came from all over that plaza that worked in all those buildings, especially on the other side, to the Elm Street side because that was where the president was going to be. You know, they were lining up because I mean it was very very crowded at, at on Houston and, and Main Street. Uh, you know, it was less crowded over on Elm Street, so a lot of people would have made their way there to get to get better vantage points of the of the you know the president and and, and the vice president and and the first lady and everybody that they wanted to see. Um, you know, the vantage point would have been better. They would have gotten at least probably first row to see him on either side of the street. You know, it wasn't like Main Street where people were seven, eight people deep. You know, here we have on Elm Street, people are, are one person deep, you know, and very spread out in places, especially as you get further down Elm. So, it's not out of the realm of possibility that it could have been someone that just didn't work there. You know, it, it could have been, which could also explain why, you know, Billy Lovelady, Bill Shelley, Sarah Stanton, you know, Wesley Frazier could not, didn't identify this other person because they couldn't they didn't maybe know who it was um but then of course you know the building housed you know i think it was almost 100 employees and not everybody knew everybody so therein in lies another problem <clears throat> but getting back to prayer man okay so could it have been Jack Doherty? Could it have been Bill Shelley? Could it have been Billy Lovelady? Could, could it have been Oswald? It could have been any of them. Okay? My best suspects would be that it's Billy Lovelady. You know, as he's because he's closest to that position, see? When he is seen in the auctions, alright, there was... He, I guess he was standing, if you're looking directly at the doorway, to the left center. Because I, 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 I like to put Wesley Frazier smack dab in the middle. Okay, so he would have been to his left. And if you got Bill Shelley out there too, kind of kind of in between him or right behind him. And we see the, the face of the black man. I think it's, I want to say Otis Williams. I'm not for sure on that. But if you look at the Alton 6, you can see a black man's profile right about at doorway man's midsection looking to his left and this 
this man can also be seen in several other photographs that day. Um, he can be seen in the Wigman, which shows you how people were spaced out in the doorway uh, even better than the Alchins. The Alchins, it looks very layered. It's a two-dimensional. It's hard to make out who's where, who's what, who's who. Um, we get a much better picture of how people were spaced out on that doorway in the Wigman, and I'll post a picture of that up there as well. And we don't see Prayer Man in the Wigman. He's not there. Um, we do see Frazier. We do see Love Lady. We do see Williams. I think this is who it is. He's very distinct in, in other photographs because he's wearing a, uh, his whole outfit's like khaki, khaki pants, khaki shirt, and he's black. So he's easy, easy to identify in, in, in a lot of the other pictures. Um, do we have his testimony? I don't think we do. If we do, I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't seen him interviewed. And subsequently, I'm going to check into that because Prayer Man would have been, you know, right behind him on, you know, at the top of the stairs. And I don't think Billy Lowlady was ever over that far. But if he was, he may have, you know, stepped back and, you know, let somebody out or let somebody in for a moment. Um, you know, maybe he saw the cops coming. And, and truly going in, and he stepped to his to his right to let him in, and he, uh, there he is. He's caught. Could be anything, but I encourage everyone to check it out. You know, make your own opinions. Try to figure it out for yourself who this prayer man is. Um, you know, it could have been Oswald in doing the scenario that I laid out for you. It's possible. Um, you know, he, he might have stepped out for a second just to see what all was going on. And then uh, he was like, all right, after the cop dashed in, he was like, all right, I need to get the hell out of here. So, you know, he went in to get a soda, to get his jacket or his, his overshirt, and, you know, he was out. Um, anything is possible. And unless we get another thing to surface with a clearer picture of him. And I also have another candidate for prayer man. And I'm going to post those pictures up as well. Uh, there's a creepy, I call him creepy, a creepy kid-looking dude who is seen in pictures of the doorway and hanging out around the doorway. And also, I got pictures of him leaving the depository. And at a glance, he looks like Oswald. You know, at a glance. But he's a, this creepy-looking kid is what it looks like to me. I don't know. I, I don't know how tall he was. I don't know, you know, anything. I know he wasn't fat. He had, you know, dark hair like Oswald. He had a white shirt on underneath of a, a long sleeve dark over shirt. Uh, but I'll picture, post pictures of that as well. I'm not sure who he is or who he was or what he was doing there. It's that, you know, it could have been Jack Doherty because he was mildly, you know, retarded. And this, this kid kind of looks mildly like retarded. But uh, that's it for this week. Hopefully you can help me figure this out. Get to me if you got any ideas or, or want to discuss anything further. This is your boy Rob Clark. This is In the Can, beamed up to the satellite, directly to your ears. Rob Clark is out, baby. Woo! Let fly the monkey of war. And it feels like
is temporary, pride is forever. to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. <laughs> 